This podcast is produced by Audiofy. Hello and welcome to New Covenant Perspectives with Pastor Ken Reed. I'm Herson Gonzalez of Audiofy Productions, and I'm really glad that you found our second episode. This is a life-giving, life-affirming, word-centered podcast that's going to help you know God in a better way. And with that, let's bring in the man, Pastor Ken Reed. Hello, Pastor Ken Reed. How are you? Hey, brother. How are you? Welcome. It's so nice to hear your voice today. Man, I'm glad to be doing this for the second time and many, many, and hopefully many, many more podcasts to come. Well, I'm in agreement with that. We're starting this uh, brand new podcast. Last week, we told people uh, what they could expect, um, and now they've gotten a flavor for what our show is about. Um, What's your hope, Pastor, for the people that find this podcast? What is it that you hope they can walk away with? Well, I, I honestly hope that um, that people would hear the heart of God and get a glimpse of uh, His grace and His mercy that He has has towards each individual, and that in that when they, when that uh, process occurs, that there'd be an openness to give their hearts to their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I believe that the time is very short, and we do not have a whole lot of time um, to be delaying. And I'm praying that um, this presentation and others like it are making it easier for people to make that decision and give their hearts to the Lord. I agree with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, having said that, let's talk about um, identification. It's the word of the day. It's time for today's, today's word, word on New Covenant Perspectives. I've got a quote from Watchman Nee. says, Outside of Christ, I am weak. Inside of Christ, I am strong. I love that. Real simple. (laughs) It's so simple, so powerful, but it really speaks to my identity in Christ. I like to say, I like to say I was born cheap. I was born again, generous. (laughs) Uh I was, I was born, you know, selfish. I was born again, giving and and, and generous and loving, you know, uh, the the dichotomy of who I was when I didn't know God and, and then who I am in Christ. It really is a new person. Amen. So the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, and and I, I like the way it says it in the original language, it says that he is a brand new, never before existing species of being, mm. right? Brand Beautiful. new. <laughs> well, let's begin this uh, conversation, Pastor. Uh, let's hear about what the Lord has put in your heart regarding this uh, really important topic. It's a, it's a huge thing right now. People don't know how to identify. They have all sorts of, of, of rules about how to address them. And it seems to be fluid with some. They just don't know who they are, so they're reaching for straws. Please, Pastor, tell us a little bit about what identification in Christ, uh, what, what does that mean for us? Well, I'll tell you, uh, and you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's part of a, uh, we live in a culture today that no longer knows who it is. You know, and that's that's in the United States. It's in North America, South America, and it's all over the world. It's uh, right now. There's a lot of confusion about identity, who you are, and who God made you to be. 
I was looking at this and I and I saw the definition of the word identification and it it means this it says the condition of being a specified person or thing the condition of being a specified person or thing you know i'm 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 it, it may almost sound tongue in cheek but we still live in a world where most of us can see an apple and say oh you know what that's an apple there's no question about its identity. It is an apple. There's no confusion about it. And identification, it says that the condition of being a specified person or thing, it speaks of individuality. It speaks of distinctiveness. It speaks of uniqueness. It speaks of par- particularity and singularity, oneness or unity. An absolute sameness is the general definition of the word identity. And I start by saying that true identity, true identity is always established by the one who makes you. In other words, your creator. When God decided that I, Pastor Ken, would exist, he had a a determination in terms of who I would be. And when he decided who I would be, who I would be, he also determined a purpose for me, a reason why he was going to create me. That was his purpose. Secondly, he also determined a specific point in time that I would be introduced, that his creation would come into existence. And that's why I'm here today and not being born in 1800s, but your true identity was established by God. And, and it says, your identity is not established by anyone or anything else. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, in the first part of that verse, it's the Lord speaking. And he says, before I formed you in the innermost parts, I knew you. And before you came out from the womb, I set you apart. If you just think about that, right, before you were formed, before the seed pierced the egg and the embryo, blood was introduced, and I began to develop in my mother's womb, the father said he already knew me because he had already determined that I would exist. So my identity, who I am, and my purpose was established by God even then. Um, So I think that's very important that we understand that. And then I also go on to say that identity is not established between 18 and 21 weeks of pregnancy um, by an ultrasound or a doctor's pronouncement. You know, she you're pregnant with your first trial, and everybody's anticipating if it's going to be a girl or a boy, and then you go and you get the ultrasound, and the doctor say, it's a girl. And everybody goes, oh, it's a girl. Well, that's not when the identity was established. God makes it very clear that he had predetermined, even before um, the woman was pregnant, he predetermined who was going to be uh, birthed through that womb. 
Your identity and your response, your, your rather your identity and your purpose, as I said earlier, is already established and set within the seed that God has commanded to come into existence for a time such as this. Now today, and I want to be very careful how I say this because I don't want to uh, offend anybody or any of this, not my objective. We're here to love people. But today we're being overwhelmed with an identity crisis in every regard. The chaos we we're experiencing culturally today are the side effects now, the side effects, the results of a nation and its people who have rejected God's predetermined purpose for their lives. That's very important. The things that we're experiencing today are the side effects of things that happened a while ago in the 60s and the 40s. And the, it's a, when, when people, the Bible says, when people reject God, only chaos can they expect. They have chosen to believe that God does not have a right to instruct them or to require them of them anything. That attitude sort of permeates itself in our culture today that people consider the Bible, the Word of God, the things of God to be uh, inconsequential. It's irrelevant. Well, it really doesn't matter. Um, that men would think that their sense of justice and their reasonings were elevated above that of God Almighty, as if they created a world. Um, Romans chapter 9 goes on to say in verses 21 and 22, it says, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Now just think about that. We're humans, and who are we that we would talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, what you make me like this for? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? And the idea here is that the potter, if you're building a house, anything that you're creating and building yourself and designing yourself, you have the right to design it the way you want to. If you're building a house and you're drawing your blueprints, you put the bathroom where you want to put the bathroom. You have that right. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21 and it says this, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. And as I said earlier, in the original language, that, that translates as he is a brand new, never before existing species of being. Now, this is very, very important for the believer because many a sincere and genuine believer are yet living as if they do not know and do not understand that they are new creations in Christ Jesus, that the old things have passed away and they are a brand new person. One of my favorite portions of scripture is Romans chapter 6, verse 7, and it says something to the effect of this, anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now the word sin there is a noun, not the verb. The verb is always speaks of bad behavior. And generally, that's how we think of sin. We think of sin as a behavioral issue. But the truth is, what Christ delivered us from was sin the noun. 
And send the noun, the word harmartia, send the noun has everything to do, when you look at that word and you begin to study that word, it has everything to do that's related to Adam. Send the noun is related to Adam. In other words, when Adam sinned, that's when sin and death entered the world. And what the Lord did when Jesus Christ came, he delivered us from the authority and the effects of that sin. And the Bible says, and, and, and I believe I, we, we spent some time uh, on this topic, hopefully with some clarity in our first books, the, the Acts, the Root, and the Withered Fruit. But if the, the Scripture says if we are free from the root, then we are free from the fruit. So as a new creation in Christ Jesus, many believers still struggle with issues as if they were not set free. And that's because they have not recognized or realized their identity in Christ Jesus, that they are indeed new creations in Christ Jesus. That the person that used to be subject to those things, that person doesn't even exist anymore. That person is no longer alive. And what the enemy of our soul does, he understands and knows that you have been delivered from his authority, that he, you have been set free from his management. But because he's a liar and a transgressor, what he goes on to do is he tries to relate to you and me as if nothing has changed, as if nothing has ever happened. And he continues to tell you the same patterns, to sell you rather the same patterns, and to communicate to you in the same way he did in the past, and many of us, if we are not aware that that person doesn't exist anymore, we will respond to him, even in the new creation, as if, as if nothing has changed. And you see, that's a failure in recognizing your identity in Christ Jesus. That is fantastic. Man, I, I, I think that's so powerful. And, and I mean, my deepest awareness uh, of my life is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ, and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. And, and that's what I understand. That's what I know regarding my identity. But I think it's important what you said. Um, when we think about sin, we're always thinking about our bad behavior, but, but sin, the verb, but sin, the noun, it, it speaks to what, what happened in the garden. And most of us spend our time identifying ourselves as the sin. We're the problem. I'm the sinner. I, I, I am what I do. And the enemy is able to make us feel like we are what we do. If we lie, then we're liars. If, if we cheat, then we're cheaters. And, and, and he, 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 he works it so that we attach our identity, our identity to what we do rather than who Christ has uh, set us free to be. Amen. Well said, brother. Well said. Amen. You know, when I, that last part of that scripture in uh, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians, it says, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, right, to become our sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, just think about that. There was a transaction that took place. There was a death that occurred. The wages of sin is death. And what Jesus Christ did 
was you and I were put to death on the cross with Christ Jesus. In Colossians, it says that we were nailed to the cross with him. We were buried with him. We died with him. So you and I literally experienced a death. Now, listen, it's literal, but it's a faith transaction because technically you and I weren't there 2,000 years ago when this, when this event took place. But by faith, we're connected to that death. And that's what the Lord does. When you come as a new creation, you come to Christ Jesus, you're going back to the moment, that moment on the cross when your sins, when you died and were punished in Christ Jesus for your sins. And so if you have a revelation of that, you hold on to that truth. You know that the person that the devil, now listen, had a legal right to manipulate and control and express himself through in all of the bad behaviors and all of the bad tempers and all the bad stuff that we do, before you were born again, the devil had a legal right to flow and function in you. But once the person dies and you were raised, the scripture says you and I were raised as new creations, not the old creations. The old was buried, and we, you and I were raised together with Christ Jesus as new creations. As a matter of fact, God says we are seated together with him in heavenly places far above, far above all principality, all powers, all rulers, all the works and strategy of the devil. That's how God sees us right now. He sees us as new creations in Christ Jesus. But now, not only that, but the Bible says that you and I have become, he became your sin and my sin. And there was a transaction. He, be, he took my sin. He became my sin. He became Pastor Ken's sin. And then Pastor Ken became his righteousness. Now, that was a faith transaction. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not a song and a dance. There's no physical evidence or physical proof that this took place. But it's faith. That's why the scripture says, without faith, it is impossible for us to be pleasing to God, right? So that transaction took place. So God now sees you and I as his own righteousness. Because now notice what the text says. We didn't become Jesus's righteousness. As a matter of fact, the text su suggests that Jesus didn't even have his own righteousness. He had the righteousness of God. Listen to what it says. I'm going to read it again. God made Jesus who knew no sin, he was sinless, to become our sin, he became our sin, so that we might become, now listen, the righteousness of God that's in Christ Jesus, that was in Christ Jesus. That's how you and I, you and I have become God's own righteousness in Christ. Now that's, a, that's an amazing thing to think and imagine and hold on to in your minds. You have to embrace this by faith because it's larger than you and I. It's earth-shattering. It, it, it really is. It's life-changing. Understanding this concept that you're teaching, it truly is, it, it truly is life-changing. It really is. Isaiah 54, 17 goes on to say, right, that God has established us in his righteousness. He established us in his righteousness. And then I think it's verse 19. It says, because we're establishing God's righteousness, no weapon that Satan sets or forms against us has a legal right 
to have expression in us will prosper, right? It says, and this is our inheritance as servants. And see, now that prophetic word was written in the old covenant where we were servants of the Lord. But in the new covenant, we are no longer servants. Now are we the sons of God, the scripture says. See, so now that's the inheritance. You and I as sons, that's our inheritance. We are establishing righteousness and no weapon that sets itself against you will be successful. Now, listen, question is, we're talking about identity. Quick question. How do you see yourself? Now, you really need to ponder this question as a listener. If you're listening to this program today, think about how you see yourself. Do you see yourself identified in Christ as one who's the righteousness of God, as a new creation? Or do you see yourself as one who still struggles and wrestles? Is How do you see yourself? So you really need to ponder that question. How do you see yourself? The second thing you need to ponder is who do you think you are? Now listen, in comparison to who God has created you to be. Are you able to embrace the reality that in spite of you, you're the righteousness of God? God didn't say you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're my righteousness because of how you behave. And see, quite frankly, if you're measuring what God says by your behavior, you're a failure. But see, what faith does, when you embrace what God has said, God's word to you starts becoming in you. In other words, God's righteousness, when you're embracing it, starts to work its way through all of your fiber, all of your being, all of your mind, all of your emotions. You know, you start. it, it starts to cause you to become righteous because God's word is always becoming something. It's always becoming. First John, I believe it's 417 says, as he is, so are we in this world. So what do you believe about yourself? And what you believe about yourself will greatly affect and even control your behavior and your response to every event and encounter you and I will face in life. You know, you really need to think about that. If you see and believe that you're the righteousness of God, your response to different situations is going to be completely different. And the way that you behave and act in different situations is going to be completely different. But if you believe that, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm still struggling, see, then your, your, those things, your, your behavior your response and your behavior is going to be one who's being managed by the enemy. It's always going to be a struggle. And it's going to be based purely on who you think you are. Have you embraced the truth of what God says in spite of you? The scripture says you and I are being transformed. You're under construction. You're not complete yet. He's still tinkering and hammering away in your life. The Holy Spirit is at work. He who began that work, you're still in the construction, continues that work until that work is fully developed. The word is identification. I want to remind you that if you live in New England, anywhere near Worcester, uh, you can see Pastor uh, Reed every single Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, at the Hilton Gardens Hotel, 
downtown Worcester, 35 Major Taylor Boulevard. Uh, we want you to go join them at New Kingdom Worship Center, where you can get this kind of preaching, this kind of teaching, not just through your podcast, but you can be there live in long form and listen to what God has deposited in his heart, worship with his group, his, his, his church there. Uh, we invite you every single Sunday. We'd love to see you there and let us know when you show up that you came because you listened to New Covenant Perspectives. I know that Pastor would be so thrilled. Uh, Pastor, let's uh, wrap up this thought here on identity, such powerful stuff that you're giving us. How do we wrap it up? Well, we wrap it up like this. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says this real simple. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words and do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And then it says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In 25 words or less, beloved, you are what God says you are, whether you feel like it or not. And you can do what God says you can do, whether you feel like it or not. So from this point on, make a decision that what the Lord has said about you is true, and you're looking and you're putting the responsibility for the changes in your heart and in your life on him through the Holy Spirit, not on yourself trying to manage and imitate your perception of who you think God is. Well, listen, um, please reach out to us, newkingdomworshipcenter at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us that way, or you can call us at 774 464 68 Eight, eight. Leave a message and somebody's going to get back to you right away. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And let's get this podcast trending. Let's get people listening to it, talking it. Share. Please share it with your friends and your family. It's it's a brief podcast, but it's a powerful podcast. Um, Pastor, before we go, uh, let's remind folks that your book is uh, coming out uh, uh, really soon. It's called The Four Words That Changed the World. Uh, what made you write this book, Pastor? Well, obviously, it was um, the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, by the way, I believe Amazon has given us a, a, a date of May 26th when the book will be available. I believe it will be available prior to that for pre-orders only. Um, but um, my motivations for writing the book was just seeing and getting a sense of what, how these four words had such an effect on the lives of the man and the woman, the first man and the first woman, and just to see how the curse came and as a result of the curse, how these four words just worked their way throughout the scripture, throughout all cultures, every situation at every event. These four words are affecting people's lives today. And I've seen and understood how they affect my own life. And so I just, the Lord granted me to be able to express it through this book. And I, I pray that it'll be a blessing for you. I believe this podcast is going to continue to bless and touch people's lives. Will you please give us a short prayer for those people that are struggling with their identity? Sure. Father, thank you for being a God of mercy and grace. Father, thank you for being a loving God. Lord, before the uh, beginning, you know who we are and who we would be. And so, Father, I'm asking you now to intervene on the behalf of your children, that your grace and mercy will be poured out 
and that, Father, you would bring wisdom and grace and breakthrough and deliverance in the hearts and lives of every listener. Thank you for being merciful and gracious to us, Father. And we pray by the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. We'll catch you next time. God bless you.